That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. Hey everyone, I am back and I have John Griffin with me today. Hello, John. Hello, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to not only talk to you, but just to meet you for the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing this, meeting so many cool people. Um, but I know you from your girlfriend, who is a splendid human, who is also yes. on the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. She is uh, quite amazing. Uh, hope to follow in her shine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. So I'm excited again. Tell everyone what you do. Who are you? Yeah, you know, that that has been a, a question I've been asking myself for the past uh, <laughs> five years, and I'm going to do my best to give you an answer. But, <laughs> you know, I am both a therapist and an aspiring rock star. And I know how silly that must sound. But, you know, I've come to a place of we got to just follow our dreams, right? And absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm on this mission of just want to get the music out there for sure. But the biggest priority is just I told Aaron, making music, or not making music, making mental health sexy, you know, <laughs> it's just yes. trying to get this out there, trying to be open and just, you know, challenging a lot of the dominant narratives that just been going on for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. So the second question I always ask people is about their business name and what the meaning is behind it. And so I'm curious about the band name where did that come from yeah, Tell me yeah about it. absolutely we get a lot of uh people going the heck does that mean right? <laughs> you know, i don't know what it means cool? but i like it <laughs> yeah yeah so you know I'll, I'll say this for anyone who's listening you know but just the uh the maladaptive maladaptive being like an adaptive strategy that is not the best correct and <laughs> you know so i think me and aaron you know my other my dude who is not here with me today but is an integral piece of this puzzle um, you know, we've always been kind of the outsiders and whatnot. I, in particular, am one of the, the kids in the basement, so to speak, right? So everyone's in the neurotypical <laughs> classroom. And then there was John, and he was kind of downstairs, right? <laughs> and so it's just a, a name to kind of honor that experience, right? And again, it's kind of integral to the piece of what we're trying to do here is just like, look, dude, we're human. We all have our, our warts, our not so pleasant parts of ourselves, right? And just really trying to be boisterous about it yeah embracing the i have in quotes flaws that we all have exactly that's cool so i was looking at the album cover earlier as i was listening to your music and because this is a branding podcast i need to ask mm -hmm. where did the visual style of that come from like what oh, yeah. inspired that i guess so uh one of my best friends is uh martin slitzis he's like the 2019 world's strongest man 
And I always just have to name that because I'm just so proud of him. I grew up playing Legos with this dude and just to see him just, he's on like the Geico commercial now. And I'm just like, what in the hell? But, you know, aside from him being amazing, his mom is also just one of the most beautiful humans I have ever met. And so I was going through grad school and it was probably about 2016, 2017, I want to say. And she just posts this picture of her son and he has the VR headset on and it just looks so dissociative. And I was just like, oh my God, that oh, it speaks volumes <laughs> to me, dude. What is that? And, and, you know, just going through my master's program, I'm learning more and more about just all the systemic inequality, all just the ways in which our society is built and does not cater to, you know, race and gender, sexuality, neurodiversity, all of these things. And, and the idea of just putting on something to just make it all pleasant, you know, and just really spoke to me. And that's where that kind of got on. It's just the idea of we're going to just put this on. It's all nice, even though the background is all just gross and just dark and whatnot. Escapism. Yeah, that's very, very cool. I am a graphic designer, obviously. Um, that's why I started the this yeah. podcast about branding. Um, but I've never designed an album cover I find it to be very like scary for me because even though I'm a designer I don't consider myself an artist and I feel like I haven't done work for I don't know artistic work since college like a lot of the design work I do is very structured and copying and pasting into templates and (laughs) I call it like creative problem solving it's it's less art more problem solving in a creative fashion so I know a few designers from my program who do album design and it's just fascinating to me. It's just a whole different world that I don't touch. And I, I, I look at albums and I'm like, who came up with that? That's crazy. It's a yeah, work of I art. Was very blessed to have not only Anita provide me with the, the photo, but Julie, I'm glad you're here, Co. right? Being able to just <laughs> do Take her magic with too. It. Yeah, exactly. Like all the, the text and everything, that's all her and very helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I love it. So what what got you into I'm kind of interested in both sides. So what got you into the therapist role, but also how did you get into music and why are those intersecting so much for you? Yeah, yeah, totally. That's a great question. You know, I one of the things you often hear about when you're going into school to be a therapist, I'm sure it's regardless of PhD, LMHC, LCSW, all these different names that are equivalent, just we do therapy, right? But (laughs) one of the narratives you often hear is that like the field chose us, there's no alternative, right? And it's that, you know, I'm very open about this. I have a pretty traumatic background. And so just going through that and just one, wanting to figure out what the hell is going on with me? Why am I going through all of this? Why do I feel these feelings? And how do I make it stop? <laughs> right. and, you know, came to learn that's not how that works. Just as a <laughs> you can't solve, solve yeah, everything. Yeah. Can't get rid of the feelings, unfortunately. Yeah. You just have to kind of work with them, right? But yeah, that, that, and I, I remember I had a teacher who just said to me one time, because she just saw this in me, it was just that you just strike me as a dude who just could solve everybody else's problems but his own and I just remember that being like it's kind of flattering it's also kind of like a backhanded slap in the face yeah but it's just I don't know what it is I've always felt this calling when people want to talk to me I'm just like this is dope I just want to listen you're feeling 
cool enough to just not cool enough, maybe vulnerable enough to just share this with me and everything. And I want to just honor that. That's awesome. And so it just really came naturally. Yeah. And you know, while I think that that all sounds great, music is a little bit more vapid. You know, it was originally just me just picking up a nice little Ibanez guitar, thinking I was going to impress some chicks, and that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> but then it it ended up spawning into something so much more. It ended up becoming a way that I could express all these things that I guess we in society don't want to talk about. Right. Like I, I think a lot of people can resonate with the idea of like, we don't talk about Uncle Fred. Right. Like or, or just having that family member that's going through that thing that we don't really want to acknowledge. Right. And so true. Yeah. Music was a way that I could just get up in front of a crowd of people and just be like, I'm singing about how terrible my father was. But you don't really know that right now. And be like, yeah, what am I <laughs> <to>? whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's so many songs and I wish I could think of one off the top of my head, but I was an emo kid in middle school and high school and I remember like I can you know I have all my favorite songs from that time and then I'll go through phases when I go back and I listen to them but I'm older now and I understand what they're saying and I'm like interesting I didn't really understand this back then but now I do not sure how I feel about this (laughs) yeah I was literally having one of those moments the other night I was just listening to like I forget what song it was I'm gonna have to come back to that. But I just remember hearing it and just being like, oh, oh, and I, it was like a song from sixth grade too. Or I'm like a 12 yeah. year old, just, oh my gosh, I know what it was. <laughs> or this wasn't the one I'm thinking of, but I'll tell you this. Have you ever heard of Limp Biscuit? Have you ever heard of them? Of course. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're, they're terrible. But they were my favorite band in sixth grade. And one of the songs, and I'll, I'll censor myself here, but it's like, effed up kid with the effed up knife, effed up mom, effed up dad, effed up life. All and I'm just like, I'm 12 years old listening to that? Holy crap. What was wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing about emo songs too, like that genre is there's a lot of men screaming about how women did this to them and there's no like accountability. And so the other day, my friend and I were like, wow, this definitely... I mean, it probably affected us in a way, like as women, we were probably like, like we affect men in this way and blah, blah. Like, it's just absurd. Like music is such a wonderful thing, but I don't, I don't know. There is that side where you're like, should kids be listening to some of this? I'm not sure. Yeah. And the commercialization of it too. Like it's one thing to be saying like radical ideas and getting it out there and everything, but that's not what music so often ends up becoming. Like, right that what is it welcome to my house play that music too (laughs) that music video if i'm remembering correctly is him and a bunch of other women using a bunch of other women as a table and eating off of them and i'm just like what does that mean what is that saying what are women and men getting from that message right limp biscuit and what i just referenced there's a whole music video of him just screaming at a girl that's the whole music video right and hey, that's you okay? Mrs. Like, look my way. That's cool. You want nothing at all to do with me? I'm like, bro, calm down. I know. And people are like, freedom of speech. And I'm like, okay, but is this necessary? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, this kind of leads into the next question. So what are your pet peeves in your industry? And you can take it in any direction you want. If you want to talk about therapy, if you want to talk about music, both, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'll focus on the therapy side of things because I think, oh, you know, we want to <laughs> <There's> <laughs> pretend that we have this 
<laughs> beautiful helping system, right? But the reality is that like we live under capitalism. And I'm not trying to say that like we need to abolish it. Let's go full anarchy, right? Like I, I am totally like we can have a middle ground, but this is not a middle ground. This is and so what you have is and we've made a big deal about this with like medical decisions. I know that there was that, what was that show called? Uh, something big sick or something. Oh yeah. Like the Oxycontin or whatnot, right? Yep. Yeah. And so like people are starting to be cognizant of that, but it's in the mental health care field as well. And it's just, you have policymakers who don't want to spend money. You have organizations that are willing to take on these contracts because, okay, whatever. We have people that we can just throw at that bodies, therapists to burn out and everything. Right. And I'm not so much complaining for my sake. Like I'm used to burnout at this point and I've gotten a lot better at managing it. Right. Don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally. not what I'm complaining. What I'm complaining about is the idea that like you have a whole entire field of these burnt out people who are getting just paid too little, have too many demands are expected to go into a session session and just listen unconditionally while also holding all of that. Right. And I'm just watching them all. They're all leaving. I hear horror stories of clients telling me like I was trying to like talk to them and they just sat there and they were just so angry and pissed off and they seem judgy and all these things. And yeah, we don't talk about the harm that therapy can have, especially under poor conditions. And that is, at least in this country, just across the board. You know, most nonprofits that I've worked for, I'm not talking about my job in specific right now. I want to make that clear. I'm not trying to get myself fired here. But I think my, my organization has run pretty well compared to where I've been. But I've been to so many nonprofits at this point. And I think we hail them up as like, oh, they're doing all this great charitable work and everything. But when you get inside and see the inner mechanics of it, it functions just the same as just some big Walmart type corporation. Yeah, I know a lot of friends who either currently work for nonprofits or have left the nonprofit world because they got into make a difference and they're really passionate about what they do. But at the end of the day, they're not taking much money home. They're working crazy hours. And like yeah. you said, it's just like working for corporate America or sometimes worse because they hold that they dangle this like thought over you and you're like, you're making a difference. Like it's all worth yeah. it. And you don't do it for the money. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But we have yeah. to make a living. Like you said, we live in a capitalist society. Like money matters, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. So what is it like for you being in the mental health industry as a man? Because my boyfriend is a massage therapist and he, you know, there's not as many male massage therapists and he sees yeah. a lot of, he has a, a lot of issues with, you know, people thinking, you know, oh, you're a male. So like, I don't want you to touch me, you know, things like that. So I'm wondering if there's anything that you, you know, yeah. end up dealing with. <laughs> now I do. And you know, it's, it's, just, I'm going to name it and be upfront about it. And it's, it's ridiculous. And I want to name how ridiculous it is, is that in my field, we are taught all about male privilege. And I hold that I have it white male privilege. It is inescapable. Right. But in a field that is dominated by, I think like 90% of the workforce is women in my right. industry. Right. And we're so aware of all the, you know, systemic benefits that I as a man will receive. And yet, because I'm a minority in this, in most cases, if you are in a minority status, there is all sorts of just different, I guess, not great things that you might face, right? Like increased, like instances of poverty, poor health outcome, all these things, right? I can keep going on and on and on. And so while we acknowledge that and everything, me just being a man in that who is in high demand, I just benefit even more. 
And it's so, you know, I, I could see how, you know, for your partner, right? It's like, oh, I don't want a man to touch me. It's the opposite for me. It is like, I need a male therapist. I want a male therapist. I will never like have a lack of clients. And it's just like, just because they see me as being more, I don't know, intelligent or whatever the hell, just because of the privilege. And it's not the case, right? right. I'm just as competent as every other therapist around me. Right. But I am just benefiting from that idea of like, oh, he's a man with a beard. He looks like he knows things. And I'm like, bro, I watch SpongeBob. Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Well, I'm glad that you don't have a, a lack of clients. That That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome for me. Not awesome in the industry as a whole. And just what are we doing? <laughs> for sure. For sure. So as a therapist, but also someone who's, you know, playing music, do you have trouble infusing your personal life into what you do? Like, where is the, the boundary for you? I was an ever-changing goalpost there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still figuring that out. You know, I, yeah. I've been doing the maladaptive for, I think, like, we're approaching two and a half years. And, you know, if you look back at our Insta, it, it starts out with me just having a mask on the chicken mask and the duck mask and whatnot. And I know a lot of people were just like, what is that about? And I didn't, I wasn't honest about it. What it really was, was that like, I don't want people to see my face. I don't want my clients to see me being my goony self. And, you know, over time I've gotten to this place of like everybody else who isn't in this field gets to do that. They can be their goony self. They can be whatever, but I'm so worried about what this will look like and my professionalism. And now I'm just mm -hmm. at this point of like, I deserve to be human. Totally. And yeah. Part of what I want to do is share my experiences in order to share my experiences. I have to go against that, that narrative of like, we don't talk about those things and no, 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 we don't want to bring it up. And especially, you know, not trying to say that I go into sessions being like, well, let me tell you about my personal <laughs> life. Right. In fact, I try to shy away from that as much as possible when it's like my personal Instagram and everything, where does that come in? How can I feel like I'm not exposing too much of myself while also holding that that is an integral process if we are to move forward as a society and understanding how to deal with diver uh, just diversity. Yeah, I can imagine it's kind of like wearing two different hats because in, as a therapist, you're not, like you said, expressing yourself and putting your experience on other people. And like, I'm sure you're not talking about your personal life in your sessions because that's not <laughs> that's yeah. not how it works I've been to therapy I know that's not how it works um but then you're also you know kind of combining that mental health aspect with your music on your Instagram so it's probably like okay I have to put that hat on and then take that hat off and balancing that's probably really tricky it's really tricky and, I, and I'm I'm speaking to a a branding kind of expert over here and you know you can give me your <laughs> advice on this too but like one of the things I worry about is that and I feel like this is a component of my ADHD too is that like I could have a therapy account and I could have a music account but with my productivity those things would not get posts in any capacity like you know I'd be going like months between posting on each and every single one whereas if I try to blend it that allows me to be a little bit more consistent and even so I still falter right yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest questions that anyone asks when they're either, even if they're just, if, if they have one business, a lot of people are like, should I have a separate business account from my personal account? Should I have one? Yeah. It's a tough question, but it, like for anyone, it's going to be harder to run two accounts. Anyone, yeah. like even for me, someone who is like, 
I have crazy time management. I get so much stuff done every day. Like you are consistent as hell. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> like I used to run too, and it was it was tough even for me. It's just when you try and put your attention in multiple different ways and different facets, it's it's so difficult. And I'm running into that in my own business. Like I have a weekly newsletter. I have a podcast. Like. I need to take a step back and kind of like reevaluate where my energy is going because it's kind of going in many different directions right now. So my advice is always just make one account, just make one account. And like, if you're, if you're a business owner, if you're trying to, I don't know, build your audience with your music, like whatever it is, it's, there's always going to be a benefit for people to see you and like who you really are. And I think a lot of people don't think, that there's benefit to that, but yeah. I'm going to choose to work with someone who I feel like I know and trust over someone who just posts like valuable content every day, you know, like it yeah. gives you that, that leg up because there's a comfort level there. So I think you have the the right idea. Hell yeah. Well, thank I feel affirmed now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad. So what has been your biggest struggle in your career so mm. far? Yeah my biggest struggle in my career so far, you know, I, I would just say that it's like managing the, the burnout process of this all, right? Is that like the way that I've been describing it to people now is that like my depression used to be very like egocentric inside of myself. I am not this, I am not that, I am not enough, I'm whatever, right? And over time, as I, one, went through my own therapy process and two, learned about therapy and everything, was able to start doing like IFS. And I do that every day. I, there's the process of witnessing where we, it's like meditation, right? I'm just noticing everything that is coming. It's like, oh, I'm grieving this right now. Oh, I'm frustrated about this. And just giving it some time, some space to just be acknowledged and just know that that's where I'm at and what can I do to kind of, yeah. So before I, you know, or rather after getting to that place, my depression started shifting. And it was that I started going into work and then I would have people telling me these things that just seem so reminiscent of my own stuff. And again, not trying to bring that into their sessions, but it's just, if it keeps happening every day, every day, I'm seeing six clients a day or something and on a rotating basis, right? Because the goal is, I don't want to work with you forever. I want you to build those skills and I want you to go rock the world on your own, right? right. But yeah, you just get so upset about the commonalities between their experiences, you start realizing like, we're making progress always. And yet it's so not where it should be, you know, like, it's at this point where I'm like, we could be in the stars right now, flying through spaceships, trying to get to Mars, trying to colonize all these places, get out of our solar system, dude, right? There is a whole entire galaxy out there. But instead, we're too worried about like, a man and another man wanting to do it with each other. You know, it's <laughs> know. just like, are you kidding me? That's, that's where we're at right now. I know it's yeah. A lot of the people that I interview on this podcast, but then also just people in general that I talk to, we're all so burnt out all the time. Mm -hmm. It's information overload. And I've worked so, so hard over the past year or so to really like minimize the amount of clients I'm working with and like, overall just working less which is great but yesterday <laughs> it's funny it just happened yesterday I had this realization that yes I'm working less but I'm still filling all that extra time with other stuff like 
and not just like self-care stuff i mean like business development like yeah started a podcast i'm like doing a weekly newsletter now why not i'm yeah. i'm doing like all these things and i enjoy them all it's not that i feel like i have to do them i think i'm just wired to be doing something all the time and i don't think it's necessarily it's not inherently a bad thing to want to pursue all these things but I just had a moment yesterday where I was like, if I want to buy a house, settle down, like have a family someday, this is not sustainable. I can't, I can't be like on my phone thinking of social media content for the next day, like every night. That's crazy. Like, it's just a problem that I feel like business owners and people in the workforce in general have not had to think about. Like my parents didn't have to think about that. I'm sure they had their own struggles, of course, but I just think social media specifically has made us just these like machines trying to do everything all the time. Yeah. You know, I I hear about like in the literature, just like what is, I don't know, like TikTok going to do to our brain development over time, right? It's just dopamine, 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 swipe, 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 swipe. I don't like this. I don't like this. I like this. I like this. And it's just, where's that going to get us in terms of like interpersonal communication and, you know, also just, I guess the social pragmatics of like, what is an expectation right now? Like there was a time maybe in our parents' world where, okay, I go to work and then I leave and my boss won't contact me because there's no cell phone to text me or anything like that. But now we are just on dude. Inundated. Yeah. And people expect responses. And it's one of the things that, you know, I'm glad that I can kind of strike that balance. I tell everybody like, even my friends at this point, because it's just like my phone is attached to my personal life, my work life, my band life, you know, it's just, it's too much. And I have to say like 48 hours, I'll get back to you in 48 hours. I cannot have that expectation of just being on. Totally. I, before I got on this call with you, I had a friend, one of my best friends, she texted me and she goes, it's totally okay. And I don't expect you to be on social media all the time, but you haven't posted on your story today. And I want to make sure you're alive because you (laughs) usually do. And I was like, oh my God, that's so bad that like (laughs) people think there's something wrong if I'm not posting on my story during the week. Like, it's just funny because she's like very aware of like mental health and everything, but she was just like, I had to check in. (laughs) It's just a, it's a crazy different world. And like, we can't, I mean, like Instagram, social media, TikTok, whatever you're on and whatever you use, we can't say that it's not good for business it is mm-hmm. you can definitely get clients from these these tools and these platforms but man there's got to be a better way <laughs> there's got to be a better balance right yeah yeah I, I wish I knew how to strike but I mean you're absolutely right it's just it's insane to me that there are people from I don't know, Sweden I see like on Spotify I can see where people are listening and everything and they're like consistently listening and the only reason that is happening is because of these platforms like you're saying but yeah, totally. with that, it, there is just the the hustle culture of it. Yeah, we got to figure out the hustle culture. I hope the generation after us figures it out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we're doomed, honestly. I, I have a lot of, I love working with Gen Z and now it's Generation Alpha. I think that is the most ridiculous name ever. But Is that, I've never even heard that. Yeah, generation yeah. Alpha. It's generation Alpha is after Generation Z, but. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I feel like millennials are now parenting we're all burnt out we're all cynical as hell and everything and so now gen z is just they're getting it all it's there's no more 
facade anymore. It's just like, okay, the earth is on fire. There's social inequality <laughs> everywhere and everyone's giving up and I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> yep. And, and we're all like, hey, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to do that or just never mind. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you got the right idea. Yeah. No, it's totally true. <laughs> So these last questions are what I call the fun, weird questions. Everybody looks forward to the answer to this next one. So if you were a car, what would you be? Oh, yeah. You know, I feel like everyone probably says, like, I'd be a Corvette or I'd be a monster trucker. I'd be surprised. No one said either of those. Oh, okay. (laughs) There we go. Maybe maybe I'm going to be spot on here. I'm going to say I'm like an old used Buick Century or something like that oh. old but reliable right I <laughs> they are my spirit animal at this point you know <laughs> that's funny it's I when I made this question I was like thinking the same thing as you I'm like people are gonna pick these like fancy cars like interesting things and all of the answers are interesting for sure but I was surprised a lot of people most people are very realistic <laughs> yeah, what, what are some of the other answers you've gotten? I'm just very really curious. <laughs> I mean, like I had someone say that they were like a pickup truck. Um, the interesting answer, which was a couple episodes ago, someone said that they wouldn't be any specific car, but they would be a leased car because they like to have different options and they like to wear a lot of hats in their business. And like just the switching of the leased cars, they they'd like that non-commitment aspect to it (laughs) but I've had a lot of people say like I'm small so I would be like a tiny car and I don't know I I've liked the realistic answers I've received and no one has repeated an answer yet I don't know if that's like on purpose or people really are that unique (laughs) (laughs) but people will listen to the episode just to hear the answer to this question because I think it does say a lot about people whatever the answer is yeah now i'm gonna have to go therapize myself for an hour (laughs) why did i choose a used car an old used car what does that say about my (laughs) self-identification i know do you end up therapizing yourself a lot god all the time it's horrible it's horrible it's inescapable it's it's just it's beautiful sometimes and then there's other times where it's just like i'm just like a night off to just not do this to myself. Turn my brain off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just can't do it. No, nope. just always. Why did I have that reaction? Oh, it's probably because and it just stop, 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 stop it. Just play the video game. <laughs> That's funny. And it's funny because on the flip side, there's so many people I know who have like no idea how to self-reflect. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I know exactly what's going on here, but it's not my place. And I'm going to let you try and figure it out. Yeah, that's the hardest part I think about this too, is that it's just, I've lost a lot of friends because of that thing is you go through this process of like in in school, they make you trash yourself. They're just like, you need to know where you were privileged, where you did not get privileged, all the like the pain and everything you had to go through. We need to process all of this. We're going to go through and just figure out your shit before you go into a field that inevitably activates you. Right. Right. That's true. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't think about it like that. Because you can't be in a session and being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, yeah, I'm realizing yeah. this thing. <laughs> I have people who have, like, vastly different political beliefs than myself, I will say. Oh, yeah. And, you know, sometimes they'll be violent about it, right? Just like, oh, those stupid blank, 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 whatever it is, right? Because it could go both ways. It doesn't really matter. Right. And it's just having to sit there and be like, 
I know where ultimately this is coming from because it's coming from the same place that I have it too, right? It's just right. It's fear, fear of what's going on right now and how we can make a difference and just what is this other side doing that I am not a part of and what are their intentions? Yeah, I, I try so hard to look at someone who has a differing view than me and just like take a deep breath and be like, well, something in their life, it just must make sense for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying, they're humans, they're allowed to think that it's okay, but it's so hard when it's personal, of course, but I don't know, my, my brother's gay. And whenever anyone talks about gay marriage and all that stuff, I'm like, yeah, do I say something? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's that battle of like, I want to scream at you right now, but then also like, is what I'm going to say really going to matter? Like, how do we get through to people? That's the question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, I try to come from this place of just like women in sports. That's something like I've, I've heard plenty of men just be like, Oh yeah. And then the the freaking women, they don't have like a body to be able to do that. That's why it's a man's job. And then I'll just be like, what about this though? What, how do you you account for that? And maybe they'll still say something derogatory afterwards. And that's my cue of like, okay. But the thing I tell people all the time is that just because you didn't change someone's opinion right then and there does not mean that you didn't do it. Like it's a seed that is planted and grown over time. The idea is that you should get them not to agree with you right on the spot, but to go home and as they're lying in bed, be like, screw that person. Why would they say those things? That's horrible. are they right though? No, 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 no. But as long as you got that process going, that's something. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I have a, one of my best friends in college, we were watching like some music award show and Katy Perry was performing and she's performing her new song roar. The song where she's like talking about like, you know, roar and like be loud and like be you and whatever. And my friend is like, this is a stupid song. And like very casually, like I wasn't trying to argue or anything. I was just like, well, it's not for you. It's for like all the little girls who feel like they can't like be themselves and express themselves. And years later, like four or five years later, I, he, he told me he was like, I don't know how it got brought up something about Katy Perry probably, but he was like, I just want you to know that like you making that comment, maybe like rethink why I thought that and I was like what like it was such a subtle thing I was just like talking I wasn't even like yelling at him or anything and it just made me realize like exactly what you said it's more about planting the idea or planting the seed and less about being like you have to change right now yeah yeah no one ever in the history of ever has done anything by force of gunpoint or just like shaming (laughs) and blaming or anything right it's just did they have autonomy in that decision? You allowed that. You offered a different perspective and they contemplated it and they came back right. to you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a very cool moment. I don't know how we even just got, went down that path. <laughs> that, that, that's ADHD for you. I'm <laughs> dragging in I every love direction. The tangents. <laughs> people complain about them and I'm like, no, this is a good podcasting people. Like, <laughs> let it out. <laughs> but anyway, getting back on track, I suppose. I always ask people when the last time someone said, wow, that's so on brand for you. Or maybe it's like, wow, this is so you or like this made me think of you. What what is the context of, of that? Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> I hear that question and it's just like, <laughs> man, I, I got to stop with my political rants or something like that. It's <laughs> always just about this, this anti-capitalist stuff. That's you. Yeah, I know. It's, it's me. It is my brand. It's just 
I don't know. I, I've, I've become, I guess, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here. Just acclimated to the idea that most people do not want to hear this. Most people look at work as like, this is an integral thing that we must all do. But I've just had so many experiences in my life where it's just, no, no, your whole point of existence shouldn't just be, I go there to this place that demands me to do way too much for way too little. And if I don't do that, I'm going to lose my health care, right? Like it's, it's, it is a trap. And some people want to keep believing in that trap. It is hard to fathom what an alternative can look like, despite us already having alternatives in the other developed nations, right? And right. Yeah. So anytime I'm posting just about (laughs) (laughs) this thing happened and ah, and they're just like, ah, man. And then then they'll show me stories that are similar and just be like, I was thinking of you, man. Like this guy said something. (laughs) And I'm just like, am I an anarchist? What happened? (laughs) I have a friend who's very similar and we go for walks every Tuesday and Thursday morning. And someday she's just like, I, I have to be off social media today because I care too much. Like she's posting so much about like the Ukraine war and everything. And she's like, she's like, I'm not one of those people who can just like not look. It's like, I have to know, I have to look. And then I have to talk about it. I can't not do that. And (laughs) there's so many people who, who aren't like that, but there are a lot of people who are. And I don't know. I, it's that question of like, do, would I rather be blissfully ignorant or like know everything and be angry I don't <laughs> exactly exactly oh I know I, I mean I just remember Julie like I'm talking we're, we're we're back to like round two of the pandemic and things are it's like winter things are starting to look bad and everything yeah here she is watching a documentary of March 2020 and it's like <laughs> a hospital story and she's watching all these nurses have their breakdowns and everything and it's just like this is too real right now like what are you doing and she's just like I have to stay aware I have to know what's going on these people's struggles are real and I'm just like that's incredible of you but like no your mental health like what the oh. right. that's so funny very on brand for Julie oh yeah <laughs> both of you that's so great so great or is it no it yeah, is yeah. <laughs> someone's got to do it right we need people like you yeah that's why we don't have kids is that in the time that we would be caregiving <laughs> that's when we take care of ourselves we'll go get mad about these things and then we'll we'll not have kids. <laughs> <laughs> totally so speaking of kids tell me a childhood story about you that's totally on brand i was thinking about you know our ep cooking with john and aaron this is a, a, a moment that I'm hoping won't just be funny to me and that other people will <laughs> laugh at this, but maybe I'm just going to make myself seem weird for everyone to hear. We'll find out. But, <laughs> you know, we, every Thanksgiving, we both grew up with single moms. And so in order to instill a sense of family, especially because like our extended family lived in different places. I don't know where Aaron's are, but like mine are in Texas, for instance, right? And okay. so my mom and his mom, they would have us come together for like Thanksgivings and everything. It was always a really good time, except usually it had a little bit of a religious connotation to it. Me and Aaron weren't such a big fan of that. So we'd be in protest and everything. And <laughs> I just remember there was this one time where they were making us make cookies, which we had never baked cookies before. And we were maybe nice. like 12 or 13 years old. And we had no idea what we were doing. We were pissed <laughs> off the whole time and everything. And because of that, we're making all these careless mistakes and, you know, like I remember he was just like, okay, we need to have one tablespoon of salt or it was like two tablespoons or something. And then I'm like, okay, and I just dumping it all in and everything. He's like, 
oh crap it was actually a teaspoon i'm sorry dude and just so many moments like that just on repeat and then finally it gets this climactic moment where i'm trying to scrape these just terrible cookies like they are just horrible and like as i'm saying it i'm just like cooking with john and aaron and i just scoop it and i catapult this thing it's like molten hot chocolate lava and it just lands on aaron's foot and he's just like ah! and yeah, if I had to describe the maladaptive, if I've had to describe John Griffin and what is on brand for that, that that is probably the most on brand, the maladaptive <laughs> moment that I can think of. Oh my God. Cooking. I've gotten really into cooking and like baking recently, but that's probably the worst is when you realize you've made a mistake and you can't write the mistake. Oh, yeah. I, that, <laughs> that should have been a teaspoon of baking powder but it's a tablespoon <laughs> which you wouldn't you would think that maybe i don't know it wouldn't be that big of a difference but it is it very much <laughs> is because yeah those were like the flattest saddest saltiest nastiest cookie I've yeah ever had in my life. and yeah yeah that's why i don't bake is my anxiety processes <laughs> kick in i'm just like gotta be super precise with this and everything and i see other people are just like yeah just throw this in there throw that in there and i'm like ah. no baking truly is a science like i've literally used the same vegan cookie recipe three times now and they have come out differently every time and i'm like how do i manage that <laughs> like, <laughs> some of them are like very fluffy and some are flat and some like look like they're burnt i'm like what how did how does this happen i don't know baking baking's fun but cooking is where it's at because you can just kind of like oh we'll try this and we'll try this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when i say the funniest thing you've ever witnessed what comes to mind what's coming to my mind right now i know i referenced earlier that martin fleetsy's like world's strongest man 2019 one of my like <laughs> yeah. best friends when i was growing up and so like again I, i'm bringing that up again so you know like this dude is a tank he's a big dude <laughs> It's and important so, to know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very important. For the sake of this story, it's very important. And so I, I think we must have been like 14 or 15 years old. And I got invited to this party. The thing about it was we were straight edge. And like... I was also know, straight edge. Yeah. And this was a, <laughs> a party in which substances were being consumed. And, you know, we didn't know about this when we got there. And so we spent an hour anxiously Ooh, looking around. Anxiety. People. Yeah. We're engaging in this horrible, <laughs> horrible thing. I'm going to joke. <laughs> that right now but anyway <laughs> you know we decided and keep in mind we we grew up in amherst mass and there's okay. this place called where i don't know if you know where yep. where is yep okay yeah in I the do. middle of nowhere hell nowhere yeah exactly and so we got the bright idea that we could walk back to amherst at 11 oh, o'clock at night maybe not 14 year old brain right and we were walking and there's no lights there's no nothing and it's all foresty because where is just the middle of nowhere and we finally get to like this farm <laughs> and there's a fence along the road and i'm walking with martin and i call him martin it's supposed to be martins i yeah yeah i keep doing that we always called him martin when we grew up it's martins he's he's freaking latvian oh my gosh okay anyways <laughs> and so <laughs> you know martin starts like making like this really creepy joke with me and he starts staring he's like you see that fence over there, John? And I'm like, yeah. And he's just like, you know what fences are made for? And I'm like, to keep things out. And he was like, more like to keep things inside. And the moment, I kid you not, the moment he said that, this we didn't know it at the time, but it was a turkey, just started 
gobbling at us. And like, <laughs> I froze like a deer in the headlights, but like, again, world's strongest man. He could have just like picked up this turkey and eaten it like just with his bare hands, right? But instead he just, ah, just sprinted and just gunned it and just left me to die by whatever creature we had just come across and everything. And and then luckily it was just a turkey, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like the the big strong people are always the the silly oh yeah he's he an absolute teddy bear I, I love that man but yeah when it comes to no matter how much strength he has he doesn't want to punch people he wants to hug them so <laughs> yeah that's so funny I that reminds me recently um our one of our best friends lives in the we're in an apartment complex but one of our best friends lives in the the next building over and we were walking back the other night um from game night and my boyfriend Dylan goes coyote and he started running and I thought he was running away from it. I didn't see where it was. And I was like, he's leaving me. Like, I can't run. Cause I was like carrying a bunch of stuff, but he was running towards it. Wow. And I'm like, where are we going? <laughs> like, I mean, we're in the middle of Stoneham, which is like not a rural area at all. Oh, so yeah, seeing a coyote is like kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> That's super bizarre. Yeah. In the moment I was like, thanks for leaving me behind. Yeah. <laughs> He was actually running towards it. He was just trying to make a friend. Yeah, I don't know. I I probably would have done the same thing, knowing me. I'm big animal lover. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I probably shouldn't go towards the the danger, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Coyote and Stoneham, probably rabies or something. Not the best thing to run towards. It was by itself. I'm like, that's never a good sign. Yeah. Yikes. Hopefully, it's okay now. We hear the the pack howling once in a while, though. It's kind of spooky. <laughs> but still cool <laughs> anyway i think that's all my questions for you but awesome. this has been awesome yeah thanks no. so much for coming on i want to make sure i give you a few minutes just to tell people where they can find you listen to your music follow you oh yeah all that no. stuff and i'll spell everything out in the the, sh the show notes so don't worry about spelling or anything <laughs> First of all, just thank you for also having me. Like, it's awesome to just be able to just get an opportunity to meet and chat. And yeah, yeah when it comes great. to our stuff, um, again, we're the Maladaptive. You can find us on Instagram. That's where I post most of my therapy music, anti-capitalist, I'm an angry old man <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and, you know, we're on Bandcamp, Spotify, uh, all those kind of streaming platforms. Cool. Yeah, I highly recommend give the the tunes a listen i really enjoyed them thank you <laughs> but yeah thanks again so much for being on so nice to meet you and to yeah. to chat i wasn't I'm feeling fine. very high energy today so i feel i feel so much better now i always get off of these episodes and these um these interviews like so much higher energy i just oh. i love them <laughs> oh, I, I took today off and i was just being such a bum just like you know i'm playing elden ring that new game that came out and i'm like i should probably do some adult stuff but nah. but after this i'm like all right all right i have a brain i can use it so i appreciate that thank you for that i'm glad i could provide but thank you as well all righty all right cool well thanks so much yeah thank you again take care all right take care <laughs>